Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. And we're in week two of a series that we're calling Can't Steal My Joy, where we are studying the book of Philippians. Uh, That's a very short book in the New Testament, only four chapters, but it is jammed, packed, and loaded with some very good stuff. And I want to remind you to make sure you check out and download our online four-week devotional that our team has, has made to go along with this series. And so every single day, we are reading through the book of Philippians together as a church, and somebody on our team took some time to be able to write a devotional for that day. There's a lot of other little cool resources in there that'll help you really study the Bible as well. So make sure you check that out. You can find that on our brand new app, uh, or you can go to queencitypeople.com slash Philippians, and you can get that there. Now, like we said last week, the major theme of this book of the Bible is how to have joy no matter what. In fact, many scholars call Philippians the letter of joy. But here's the irony, is that Paul is writing this letter as a prisoner, not for doing something wrong, but because of his faith. And Paul is saying that, guys, it is possible to have joy no matter what. That no matter what is going on in our lives and the circumstances that we find ourselves in, throw whatever my way, try your best, give me lemons, I'm going to make some lemonade. You cannot steal my joy. And let me tell you, I cannot think of a better time to talk about this than right now. When we are in this coronavirus season where, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like every day, like my joy is is is... It feels like somebody's trying to take my joy. But in this series, we're learning that we can have joy no matter what. That we can experience this moment where we can look at whatever's thrown our way and say, you can't steal my joy. And so last week, we kicked off this series by looking at Philippians chapter 1. And we talked about the difference between happiness and joy. And this week, we're going to continue the conversation and look at chapter 2. So Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. You are filled to overflowing with this comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded, there it is, joy. Verse 3 says, be free from pride-filled opinions, as people on Twitter for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. I love this. 
let his mindset become your motivation. So today's message, if you're taking notes, I hope you are, is just simply this, follow the leader. Follow the leader. How can you and I find joy that can't be taken from us? We follow the leader. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you for your word. And we ask God that you speak to us today. We invite you to speak to us. We open up every single area of our life and give you permission to speak into any area of our life. God, would you help us learn today to follow the leader? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Um, Come on, just by show of hands, just all those that are watching in here in the room, how many of you know that Jesus was full of joy? Like Jesus was somebody that was full of joy. In fact, I believe Jesus is the greatest example of joy. Just think about it. His first recorded miracle was him making a party better. It really was. Like his first miracle in John chapter 2 was he was at a party and he turned water into wine. And it wasn't bobo wine. It was actually like really good, high quality wine. Hello. You know, it was good. And all throughout the Gospels, if you just read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see large crowds were drawn to Jesus. All types of people wanted to be around Jesus. Religious people wanted to be around Jesus. Non-religious people that were far from God, they wanted to hang out with Jesus. Jesus. And even kids, kids loved being around Jesus. And you know that kids don't like spending time with people who don't have joy. And Jesus was full of joy, no matter the circumstances. But Paul, in Philippians chapter 2, he says, you want to know how to have joy no matter what? You want to know how to have joy that can't be taken from you? Follow the leader. Follow the example of Jesus. Listen to what it said in verse 5. He says, And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Another version says, You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. And then in the next six verses, if you continue to read, he tells us about what Jesus did. And in these verses, I see three choices that Jesus made that you and I can make, even in a global pandemic, even with everything that's happening in our world right now, there's choices that you and I can make that Jesus made. And if we do, we will experience joy like Jesus experienced joy. So how do we follow the leader and have joy just like Jesus? I think Paul tells us in the next few verses. And number one, choose to be humble. Choose to be humble. See, I'm convinced that Jesus not only was the greatest example of joy, but he was the greatest example of humility. So in Philippians chapter 2, let me show you. Philippians chapter 2, I love these verses, starting in verse 6. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Talk about humility. The fact that God became man, one. Two, the fact that not only did he become man, but man died 
And not only did he die, he died the worst, most painful, excruciating, humiliating death that one could possibly die. Talk about humility. Now these verses, they beautifully articulate that even though Jesus had it all, that he humbled himself and gave it all. He chose, he made the choice to be humble. And get this, we are called to follow that Jesus. To live with that level of humility. And I've learned that if you really want to understand what humility is, maybe this is the simplest way that I can explain it, is that true humility is thinking about others more than you think about yourself. It's just saying, okay, I'm not going to think about myself all the time. I'm going to actually think more about others. I love this quote from Rick Warren. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So instead of thinking about myself and my needs and my desires and my situations and what I'm going through in this coronavirus crisis and all the ways that this is affecting me and me, me, I'm going to think about me, 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 I love me some me, I'm just going to think about me. Instead of that, I'm going to think about others and their needs and their desires and their situations and what they're going through in this situation that I'm going to put myself in their shoes and try to understand and empathize and think about what others are going through. See, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that prideful people are not joyful people. I mean, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that people that are full of pride are not joyful people. I'm convinced that selfish people are not joyful people. In fact, some of the most joyful people I know are some of the most humble and selfless people I know. And look at God's response to Jesus being humble. That if you look at the next few verses, after Jesus showed this incredible humility, listen to God's response to Jesus' humility, in, starting in verse 9. It says this, as therefore, as a result of that humility, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, And gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And these verses show this truth that's cover to cover from Genesis to Revelation. I think it's one of the themes of the Bible that it's like this thread that weaves itself all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And it's this theme that humility comes before honor. It does, humility, that it comes before honor. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23, it says this, pride, it ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. James chapter 4 verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. See, over and over and over again, it says humility, it comes before honor. In other words, the way up is down. That how high you go depends on how low you go. That the lower you go, the higher you go. 
I love this quote. It's, it's one of my favorite quotes. I, I, somebody shared this with me a few years ago. And, it, and this, a guy named F.B. Meyer, he said this. I used to think that God's gifts, like joy, that God's gifts were on shelves, one above the other. And the taller we grew in Christian character, the more easily that we could reach them. I now find that God's gifts are on shelves, one beneath the other, and that it is not a question of growing taller, but of stooping lower. So for us to follow the leader and have joy like Jesus, we have to choose to be humble. Here's number two, write this down. Choose to be a servant. When we look and we follow the leader here in Philippians chapter two, we see that he made a choice to be a servant. Philippians chapter two, verse seven says, he, talking about Jesus, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He didn't come as a king, as a ruler. He didn't come as a celebrity or a celebrity uh, that he chose. He chose to be a servant. He chose, instead of being served, Jesus chose to serve. Jesus modeled that if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. And Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 20, in verse 25 through 28, he said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the son of man, Jesus, did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. So just reading this, just by show of hands, how many of you want to be great? I mean, how many of you want to be great? You want to be great? You want to be great? Yeah, like that's good because I don't know if I've ever met somebody who's like, no, like I'm good. I would just, I I prefer to be average. I just, I don't want to be great at all. I've never met anybody that's that that way. And here's what Jesus says in this verse. You want to be great? Serve people. Just serve people. Martin Luther King Jr., he, he, like paraphrasing Jesus, he has this famous quote that says, anybody can be great because anybody can serve. See, the key to greatness is serving people. And I think one of the keys to joy is serving other people. I'm telling you, if you want to experience joy in this season, figure out a way to serve others. I don't think there's any better time than right now to find tangible ways to serve the people that you see every single day. Like if you're with your family right now, find ways every single day to serve your family to serve your spouse, to serve your kids. If, if maybe, maybe if you're a student, like serve your parents. And then when they, uh, you know, get up from fainting, then you can tell them that it's because you listen to church at home and you were challenged to be like Jesus and serve, you know. Uh, if you got roommates, you can serve roommates. Figure out a way how to serve your roommates. Or you can also serve your coworkers. That there's ways that 
you can figure out as maybe you were furloughed and maybe your hours were cut back, but now you're coming back and you're entering into the workforce again. Or maybe you never stop, but you can find a way to serve those that you work with. Or maybe even you want a tangible way how to serve people, join our response team right now that you can go to our website and go to our updates page and, and that right there you can sign up to be on our response team and start meeting tangible needs in our city right now with everything that's going on and you can find a way to serve that whenever we get back to in-person services, if you haven't gone through the growth track and jumped on what we call our dream team where you can serve inside our church, that is a perfect way to serve. I truly believe that one of the greatest ways to experience joy, and I've experienced it, I've lived it, is to serve and to make a difference in the lives of others, to make life not all about you. And by the way, that's what God has made you to do. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork. Another translation says that we are God's workmanship that we are God's masterpiece is how another translation puts that. And that says that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus, not just to think about good works, not just to pray for things, but to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do that. God prepared you to do great things for him. And that if you don't do them, the world is missing out. God created you to serve people and to make a difference. You're not just here to suck oxygen and pay bills. God did not design you to just sit on the sidelines, but to get inside the game that God designed you to serve people and to make a difference. So for us to follow the leader and have joy like Jesus, we have to choose to be humble Choose to be a servant. And number three, choose to be obedient. Choose to be obedient. In verse eight of Philippians chapter two, Paul writes that when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. In other words, Jesus made a choice to be obedient. And make no mistake about it, there was a massive part of Jesus that didn't want to go to the cross. That he knew that this would be the worst day that he'd ever experienced. That not only would he experience physical pain and humiliation and shame, but worst of all, he'd experience separation from God for the very first time. And listen to his internal tug of war that you see in, in Mark chapter 14, in verse 36. This is Jesus talking. He says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. In other words, I don't want to do this. But then he says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Above everything, his desire, his preference, his comfort, Jesus wanted to obey. And I think Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 tells us a little bit why. And it says, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Listen to this, listen to this, don't miss this. Because of the joy, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross 
disregarding its shame. He was obedient because of his joy. Now he is seated on the place of honor beside God's throne. Maybe you never thought of it this way, but it wasn't nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was joy. It was joy. That even on his worst day, Jesus chose joy. Was it hard? No doubt. Did he experience joy? Absolutely. Because he knew that God's ways were better than his wants. Because he knew that his obedience would ultimately pay for all of humanity's sins, including your sins and my sins. And best of all, provide us an opportunity to have a relationship with God. Listen to what Romans chapter 5 verse 19 says about his obedience. It says, one man's disobedience. And by the way, this is talking about Adam in Genesis. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience, talking about Jesus, the true and greater Adam, that that one man's obedience opened the door for many, including every single one of us and every single one of you that's watching right now, to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to Him. So my question to you today is, so where in your life right now, where in your life do you need to obey God? Even if it's hard, even if it's uncomfortable, even if deep down you don't want to do it, let me encourage you today that whatever God is asking you to do, do it. Obey. I promise you it's worth it. That God's ways are God's ways for a reason. And it's only to help you. It's only to make your life better, not worse. I promise you, there are blessings at the end of your obedience that maybe you can't see right now, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. Listen, the best life that he offers that only can come from God. And that's what I love so much about having a relationship with God. That just doesn't affect my eternity. It affects my right now. That he offers the best possible life that we can live. But here's what we got to understand today is that our obedience, it unlocks that life. So, and it's all our jobs, not just pastors, not just church leaders, to be as close to God relationally as possible, to be as close as we can to God so that we can hear his voice over all the competing voices and just simply obey whatever he tells us. That's our jobs. And there's so many decisions every single day to obey God. Like we can make the decision to forgive somebody or to look people in the eyes and give them a compliment or to send an encouraging text or be generous or buy your pastor coffee. (laughs) You can do that. To do the dishes, to hold the door open for someone to treat someone the right way, to be thankful, so much more. There's all these moments of obedience every single day. But no matter if that decision is big or small, if you obey, I believe you will experience joy that can't be taken from you. And I say that because I've experienced this over and over and over and over and over again in my life. In fact, just this week, after the tragic news of that's been in the news of Ahmad Arbery and George Floyd. I knew that God was speaking to me about personally reaching out 
to a black pastor that's here in Cincinnati uh, that I just recently met. We don't have a long relationship, but we recently met just through different things. And I knew God was challenging me to reach out. And there was this internal tug of war, but I knew that I still had to make the choice to obey. So I ended up sending this message. I hope all is well, my friend. I wanted to reach out after the heartbreaking events of the past couple weeks. I keep thinking about the horrifying news of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, and I just wanted to communicate that I'm so sorry. We live in a world where something so evil still happens just because of the color of someone's skin. I can't imagine what you're thinking, feeling, and experiencing when you see stuff like this. I acknowledge that I often live in a much different world and that my kids live in a much different world than your kids. And it's not right. It's racism, it's hate, it's evil, and it's wrong. And I wanted you to know as a brother in Christ that I'm committed to doing my very best to learn, listen, pursue unity, not uniformity, and build bridges like Jesus, the ultimate bridge builder. I know this is random, but it's so heavy on my heart. And I just wanted you to know that's who I am. And that's how I'm committed to leading in our amazing city that we both call home. I love and appreciate you. And we're in this together. Now, was sending that easy? No. It was outside of my comfort zone. We just met a couple weeks ago. I was so nervous to hit send. I didn't know how things were going to be received. So was it easy? No. Was it right? Absolutely. Doing what's right is always right. And did I experience joy? Yeah, I did. My head hit the pillow that night with so much joy. And I slept like a baby because I knew that I did what God had told me to do. In fact, I've learned through so many things that joy is always on the other side of obedience. It may not be instantly, it may not be right away, but at some point, joy is always on the other side of obedience. So how do we have joy that can't be taken from us? We follow the leader. We choose to be humble. We choose to be a servant and choose to be obedient. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And um, I don't want to rush this moment. So take just a second. Whether you're by yourself whether you're with your roommates in your living room, whether you're watching on your phone, let's not miss this moment right now. Take a breath. And just right now, will you just pray and ask God, God, what are you saying to me right now? What are you speaking to me? 
Maybe ask him this, God, what does my response need to be to this message? How does tomorrow need to look different because of what you're speaking to me today? Because I think this is one of those messages that should affect our tomorrow. So what is, what is God saying? Maybe you need to choose to be humble. To make a decision to think of others more than you think of yourself. Maybe it's been a season where you just are thinking so much about you and your needs and what's happening and how this is affecting. And you need to say, I need to start thinking about others more. Maybe you need to choose to be a servant. Maybe to tangibly serve those that are around you. Figure out a way how to serve people. Maybe you need to choose to be obedient to something that God is asking you to do. Or maybe you're here and you're far from God. Listen, you cannot follow the leader and follow Jesus in these areas if you don't have a relationship with him. Because the truth is you'll never follow someone that you don't have a relationship with. So if you're far from God, I'm telling you, your next step, you don't like it. Let me just help you. Your next step is obedience and getting right with God. And we want to give you that opportunity today. Whether you need to start a relationship for the very first time, you've never made that decision, or you need to restart your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've made that decision in the past, but for whatever reason, you find yourself far from God. That if you're here and that's you, and you know that that's the decision that you need to make, you need to get right with God, I want you to just pray this simple prayer right where you're at right now. Say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm sorry. I repent that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Do what I can't do and make me brand new. I surrender my whole life to you and I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you. You're my leader. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.